Hello, hello. I hope you guys are staying healthy, happy, well-balanced, well-adjusted. I hope your spirits are up. And I hope that all the stuff that's going on isn't overwhelming you. Um, It's been about a week since the last episode. And as a lot of you have noticed, my regular listeners, you know, I went from putting out maybe two to three episodes a week to just once a week. Mostly for my mental health. Mostly also to avoid inundating people with data. Um, And what I mean by that is we are so oversaturated by the media and... I've addressed this before in the sense of if you're not getting information from social media outlets, you're getting it texted to you. If you're not getting it texted to you, you're getting it emailed to you. If you're not getting it emailed to you, somebody's calling you to tell you about it. So a lot of what's happening, it's almost impossible to avoid. And so for me, I kind of came to the conclusion of two things. One... If I don't have anything to say, that's not going to kind of pile on to the two major topics that we keep hearing about and have heard about since, well, honestly, for about four years. But of course, the most recent sort of thing that's happening, and I'm intentionally trying to avoid saying these two words, but you know what I'm talking about, right? If I say don't think about the elephant in the room, your mind automatically thinks about it, but I'm consciously avoiding talking about the two things that everyone just keeps talking about. And that was kind of my mindset. That's been my mindset the last, probably the past month. If I can't say something that's not what everybody else is talking about, then I'd rather not say anything at all because I don't want to be one more straw piling onto the camel's back, so to speak. Um, it's, it's a bit, you know, much and, and it's unprecedented, you know, for me, pulling away from social media, pulling away from, you know, being so connected has been very, um, relaxing. Um, it's been really great for my mind. Um, for others, not so much. I've had a couple of friends text me. Or call me to say, you know, they're feeling a little low. And the part that kind of annoys me is that um, when I ask them, well, why are you feeling low? They'd say, well, you know, this is overwhelming. And I say, okay, if you're overwhelmed, what are you doing to stop yourself from feeling overwhelmed? And their response is, well, nothing really. Well, they're on Twitter all day. They're on Instagram all day. They're on Facebook all day. It's not just one app. Like they jump from one thing to another thing to another thing. Then they complain about feeling overwhelmed. My thing is, we all have the same life to live. We're all living on earth right now at the same time. Okay. I am living life same as you. I have access to the same apps as you. I have access to the same TV as you. 
you listen to my podcast, right? The people who are calling me to complain, they listen to the podcast, or at least they say they do. Uh, I mean, I know they do because they talk to me about the things that I've said, but it, I've clearly said, take a step back from all of this stuff. Take a step back from the news. Take a step back from social media. I repeat it so much, it's become a mantra. Okay, so if I'm telling you that, and then you choose not to listen, and you go and you pile on the negativity, and you pile on the negative news, and you consume this information, and then you start to feel bogged down, why do you then think that it's okay to call me and dump this stuff on me, dump your negativity on me, when I'm going out of my way, as I've repeatedly stated, my mental health is a priority. I don't like feeling down. I don't like feeling depressed. Um, And so I literally will do any and everything in my power to avoid that to the point where if people call me, and I encourage you to do this too, if people call me and they're calling me to complain, I will give you a minute to get everything you have to say out And then I'll try to offer a solution because in my mind, if you're calling me with a problem, right, then I will let you vent to get it out because clearly sometimes you just, it just helps to get it off your chest. So you get a minute to get it out of your system. But if what's coming up out of your mouth after the first minute is just more stuff to complain about. I'm going to excuse myself off the phone or I'm just going to stop responding. And I encourage you to do the same. It's not selfish. It's protective of your psyche. Because the thing is, I'm really starting to notice a lot of people enjoy suffering. I'll say that again. Some people just enjoy suffering. I've alluded to this in past episodes, but I'm going to talk directly about it. You know, when you watch uh, like Netflix, you go and you log on to Netflix, there are different genres to choose from. You have comedy, you have horror, you have mystery, you have thrillers, you have actions, right? There's categories for you to choose. Now, some people are of the personality types where they'll just go and they choose like comedy or adventure stories or um, sci-fi. That's me. I like sci-fi. Like I love The Witcher. I just finished The Boys on Prime, which is really good. Um, that show's like mad good. Like, like <laughs> it's called The Boys. So the title is stupid. I'll give them that. Like, I wish they would have literally chosen any other name but The Boys. And I don't know if it's based on a comic book by the same name, but even still, they could have changed the name. But if you haven't watched it, heard about it, and you're into, like, science fiction slash, um, like, adult comics, but, like, with really great storytelling, um check it out because it's it's an intense action-based funny funny show but I love stuff like that um yeah so the boys is great um what else have we been watching 
I've been going back and re-watching shows that I liked for the same reason why I, I will loop the same song. Like, if I have a favorite song, I'll just play the same shit on repeat. And before the quarantine, I used to be the kind of person where I would watch an episode, like I'd watch a season one time, and then... When that, once I was done with that season, like that was it. And I would just wait for the next season to go, you know, to come through. But within the past month and some change, I've been realizing that I get a lot of joy from going back and rewatching stuff that um, I have watched before and that I liked before. And not even just shows, but I've also been going back and re-listening to some of my favorite audiobooks, like again and again and again and every time I re-listen to it like re-listen to for example the practicing stoic the Upanishads um I'm 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 re-listening to letters from a stoic right now by Seneca and um it's about a 24-hour read but as you guys know I listen to it about 3x speed but it's still going to take me about a day and some change to get through the whole thing because I listen to you know, audiobooks, like a six hour, um, time frame. Um, but I've been really, really enjoying going back and re-listening to audiobooks. I want to give you guys some more. The Wisdom of Life, Counsels and Maxims by author Schopenhauer has been just enjoyable, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Not only have I been re-watching old shows that I, um, enjoyed in the past I've also been re-listening to older books and I'm getting a lot out of it and I'm planning on pausing on buying new books on audible and like going through my library I have 194 titles of books and I'm gonna scroll through and find my like top like 50 favorites and I'm gonna like binge listen to all of them um throughout the quarantine and it's been really enjoyable for me but I went back and rewatched Upload twice that shows also another really good show Amazon has been doing really great um a really great job with their originals and um yeah really been enjoying that trying to find my peace trying to find my happy place, prioritizing my mental health. And so when people call me, you're calling me to complain. The first thing I would say is, okay, get it out of your system because it's good to vent. Then I say, okay, we have a problem. Instead of focusing on the problem, which is what complaining is, let's figure out what the solutions are. And then I try to posit a solution and what I realize is that when you give people solutions, nine times out of 10, they don't want the solution. They just want the misery, which is what they're calling you for. They want to delve into that misery and they want you to suffer with them. The same way when you go and you watch a show, you go on a Netflix and you choose a show, you have a choice between comedy and sci-fi or horror, you know, like, and like brutal movies, like fucking, what is that weird movie? Human Centipede and 
psycho, like those kind of things, there are genuinely, there are human beings who genuinely enjoy things like that because they get off on the feelings, the fear and the negativity that those sort of movies portray. Their souls are drawn to that and they enjoy that and they enjoy to suffer in that way. So if there are people out there who enjoy scary movies, who enjoy like horrific scenes, um, guarantee you there are human beings who enjoy living horrific lives, living dramatic lives. And just like some people, a lot of people, when they watch TV, they don't want to just watch a show by themselves because they want somebody to relate, you know, too, when they watch the shows, there are people who are living lives that are drama filled, that are like kind of horror movies <laughs> in a way, um, that are just like melancholy lives, and they are making choices that increase the negativity in their lives, and then they bring you into it the same way you call your friend and you say, hey, I found this shitty show on Netflix and I want you to watch it with me. I mean, I just did the same thing with Upload and The Boys, right? Like when you find something that you enjoy, you want other people to enjoy it with you. Well, just as you can enjoy positive things, there are people out there who can enjoy negative things as well. I'm not that person I'll say that again. I am not that person. I'm not, I don't I don't enjoy suffering. I don't enjoy being unhappy. And so if you are calling me because you have created for yourself a situation or circumstances that have made you unhappy. please don't call me. And if you feel as though this is personally directed at you, it is. It's harsh, but there are people listening to me right now who who feel what I'm talking about. Because let's take a step back, okay? We are in the midst of some truly stressful times right now all of us the majority of us even like mega wealthy people I mean I'm not even talk about them because fuck them but like let's say like actors right you know athletes you know even those people are kind of anxious because as more and more people lose their jobs as more and more people are uncertain about the future like we're all unilaterally sort of anxious about the future, about what's going to happen, not just with the elections, but with everything, you know, and people are afraid. And the, not everyone, some people, or I should say not everyone is showing their fear. Some people are just putting on a brave face and hoping for the best. And some people are genuinely like terrified, but we're all in this together all of us. And we're all individually trying to manage our stress. So when you call, like this literally could have been any other time in history where a person called and said, you know, 
this is happening and this is happening and this and you could call and dump your stuff in other people and it might have been acceptable but not in 2020 yo like don't call me to complain especially when you're complaining about shit that you have control over If the things that you're watching on the news are making you upset, turn off the fucking news. If you are overwhelmed by the things that you're seeing on social media, if you can't bring yourself to log off social media, to turn off your phone and do something to put your phone down and go outside, if you can't bring yourself to do that, then I don't know, follow pages that don't post, you know, political things or go on Pinterest. And if you just need something to do with your hands, put together boards of flowers and pink shit and fluffy stuff and puppies and kittens and ice cream and, (laughs) and, and beaches and stuff like that. If you can't just put your phone away, and I don't mean that like there's no tongue in cheek here. I'm be, I understand that media addiction is a real thing, okay. But in this in this time period where we're all across the board, all of us, even rich people, are like, okay, what the fuck is happening? What does the future look like? Even if you know we move past this whole thing. What's 2021 hold in store for us? What are businesses going to be like, you know, going forward? Or how many more people are going to get, you know, furloughed or laid off? You know, like this is all in the, in the back of all of our minds. So when you're calling me to dump your, more of your shit when we're all under like stress right now, and it's not like something bad happened to you, like it's not, this is tough love. Like I... but it's real shit it's not like something bad happened to you right like if something like if you lost somebody you know I understand let's I can talk you know let's talk it through if you're going through a breakup I got you right if you you know are worried about you know, your your job and you want to kind of like start thinking about, you know, alternative ways to earn income in case something were to happen, like in case you were to lose your job, call me, you know, like if you're dealing with stuff where you're just feeling over, you know, overwhelmed and you have been taking steps in order to heal yourself and, and to focus on your well-being and you're calling and saying, you know, I'm feeling kind of down today. I just need a little bit more of like a reminder, a little bit more of a motivation to like stay away from this stuff and be focused on my mental health. I got you. If you're just calling just a fucking bitch, like hang up the phone. Don't call me. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't DM me. Don't comment on my shit. And that's the selfish stance that I'm going to take. And I, I use the term selfish. It's absolutely not. I think... In the grand scheme of things, with everything that's happening, the fact that we are living in America, despite the protests, despite all, despite all the stuff that's happening right now, there's nowhere else in the world I would rather be. And I don't know what the future holds for us. We like to imagine that the future will be better and is better than the past. 
or the present, um, but none of us really know, right? And we already know what's in the past. Historical facts or not, I know for a fact that a thousand years ago, they did not have indoor plumbing (laughs) and air conditioning. And while we're worried about, you know, our present circumstances, I'm really trying to avoid the C word and the T word in case you've been listening, like, what is she trying to avoid? And you haven't figured it out yet. I'm trying to avoid the C word. I'm trying to avoid the T word. I'm going to focus on facts. Throughout all of history that we know of, at least in the societies that we're aware of in this, you know, in our understanding of human civilization, homo sapien civilizations at any rate, at any rate um, they have not been indoor plumbing. There has not been air conditioning, portable heaters, heaters, um, relative safety, women, women's rights, um, women's reproductive rights, um, the ability to vote, um, fast food takeaway, <laughs> like delivery, like Uber, like Amazon, like none of this shit existed even 20 years ago. What are we really, like, honestly, what are we really, really, really complaining about? I'm not, this, I'm not talking about the protests. That's a whole nother conversation. I'm talking about my friends who keep calling me to complain to me about dumb shit. Uh, and I'm about to lose some friends. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now and you feel personally attacked, good. Um, sit with that and ask yourself. What sort of influence are you having on the people around you? Because everybody, everybody's trying to manage their own shit, you know? Like, I've got problems. I never call people to dump my shit on them. If I do, it's something that's really, really bothering me. And it's more that I'm actively working towards a solution and a means of trying to let go of something rather than I just want, I'm feeling like shit, so I want to call somebody and make them feel like shit. I was on the phone with one of my friends. She called me like seven times in one day. And I kept answering because she's having issues with her husband So the first time she called, I listened. Then she was feeling better. I was feeling a little depleted. Then the second time she called, I listened. By the fourth time, I was like, yo, (laughs) you've already said all of the stuff that you're, you're saying about this dude like the first three, four times, like, how did we start off talking? Why do you, we didn't even, you tricked me, man. Like, (laughs) like we started the conversation talking about one thing. This is our fourth conversation. We started this conversation talking about one thing, furniture. And somehow we're back to how much your husband sucks and he doesn't do the dishes and he doesn't cook and he doesn't listen. And they've been together like, most of their adult lives, what do you want me to say? And I'm not even responding at this point because you've already, she's already said everything 
the first two conversations. So I'm just being talked at. But every time she talked to me, I felt depleted so that by the seventh conversation, and you, I know some of you guys are listening, like, yo, like, why did you let her keep calling you, like, like ignoring her? Because I had to learn, right? And that's clearly the lead up to what's the inspiration behind this podcast now, which just sounds like, you know, I'm complaining, but I'm not. I'm telling you what happened. And I'm hoping to give you a lesson so you can learn from it. So there is a point to this. It's not just me complaining. But by the seventh call, I said, you just, you're just calling to complain. There's no, every suggestion that I've given to you, you have intentionally neglected. So at this point, stop calling me. And she got upset. But the thing is, like, it, to me, to me, it's a certain level of emotional abuse because I, I've got my own shit. I have my own spouse. I have my own kid. I have my own stuff that I could be calling you if I really wanted to take the time to focus and find things that I could be upset about. I, I can do that and so can you and so can the next person. We're all living this earth. I'm not in heaven and then you're calling me from hell. We're all on earth here. If you feel like you're in hell, it's because of the shit that you're creating for yourself. If you feel like you're in hell because of your spouse, you have two choices. You can leave. Or you can live with it. But calling me and calling me to complain in the midst of a pandemic... In the midst of, a, a, for sure, a great repression, don't know if we're going to go through a depression. But if, if you're calling me to complain when we, none of us know what the fuck is happening, what, what August holds in store for us, and we're all stressed, and you're just taking your stuff and you're putting on, on other people, miss me with that. Because you're not trying to solve anything. You're not trying to improve yourself. You're not trying to learn from the situation. If especially since by the seventh time you're still holding on to what somebody did to you earlier that day, you just want to suffer. I don't want to suffer and I don't want to suffer with you. I can find things that bother me, that scare me, and I can pick up the phone and call my friends and put that on them. But then what kind of friend would I be? If I fail to recognize, a failure of recognizing that we're all kind of in, in this, in this world, trying to make sense of all of it together. The failure to pause and recognize that. And go, you know what, before I pick up the phone and call this person, she's probably dealing with her own shit. Let me not add to her shit. Let me be a big girl and figure out how to solve my own shit. People aren't even thinking like that, y'all. Like, people just want to, like, suffer. I don't want to suffer with you. Don't call me. 
if you want to talk about how you can improve your life, if you want to talk about, you know, okay, worst case scenario, this happens, this happens, what can we do, right? If you want to brainstorm, we want to make plans for how to change your life, call me. Let's do something creative. If you're calling to complain, that's in, in, in incredibly destructive. And to me, it's the equivalent of watching a horror film. You're just doing it because you enjoy it. And to me, it's not even fair because a lot of people, when you turn on a show, you know what you're watching, right? And if it's a horror film, you can make a choice to go, I don't want to watch this and either, you know, walk away, leave the, you know, leave the room or whatever. But we live in a society that programs us to say you have to be there for your friend, even though they're dumping all their shit on you all the fucking time. And there's nobody out there saying you don't have to take that. So you feel guilt and you feel compelled to sit there and take that shit into your psyche. And every time they say something negative, you're just sitting there becoming emotionally assaulted and becoming drained and drained and drained. And so by the time you get off the phone, you're feeling some type of way and you don't even know why. To me, I take that as a personal attack. And you might say that that's extreme. Not in 2020. And I'm going to take this shit even into 2021. Don't call me with your bullshit. (laughs) Basically, is what I'm trying to say. If you need a good book recommendation, I got you. You know why? Because everything that you're complaining about... You know, Schopenhauer, Seneca, Socrates, Aristotle, Montaigne, Eckhart Tolle, Ramdas, uh, Sri Vivekananda. They, they've all these people have written books about it. It's a one sided conversation in the sense that they're just telling you how to fix your shit. And you can go and buy those books and listen to them. I am not a guru. I am not a psychologist. You could say that I'm a philosopher, but, you know, only because I read a lot. But there are practiced philosophers who are well-versed in this sort of information. You'd be able to, if you're truly, truly, truly seeking help to fix your problems, then read a book and help yourself. Read a book by individuals who have been through it thousands of years ago. There's nothing new under the sun. And if I recommend certain books, go read it. But the reason why I know the people aren't calling, calling me to fix their problems is because when I say, well, don't do that or do this, they go ahead and do what they feel like doing anyway. And usually what they do is something that just exacerbates what they're calling to complain to you about in the first place. I've seen it over and over and over again. I don't want to hear it. We create our own heaven and we create our own hell. Everything else that happens is just shit that's happening, right? In this planet and earth, this simulation. It's, we have base level sort of random shit that happens, right? Deterministic 
events that have been pre-planned and pre-ordained and you're just the experiencer, right? That's base level shit. You come into the game and, you know, the plot's already written out and you're just experiencing it. So that's that. How you choose to interpret these things, that's your choice, right? I have a sibling, both raised by the same parents. One of us chose to look at the, I would say, imperfections of our parents and look and and turn those imperfections to kind of view himself as uh, like a victim or like he was mistreated in some way. And I chose to look at those same sort of imperfections and go, okay, well, that's just who they are. And unfortunately for him, because he chooses to look at their imperfections, their personality default and um, yeah, issues that they have had, he chose to take their behavior personally. It affects who she, who he is now, and his relationship with you know his parents. I could choose to look at the same characteristics and internalize it and say, you know what, I'm this way because, you know, my parents didn't hug me or I'm this way because, you know, this happened or that happened. I I could take, you know, circumstances and situations and and use that as an excuse for my behavior. I could just say like, nobody on this fucking planet is perfect. They were the way they were because, or they were the way they are. They are the way they are because of how they were raised and circumstances that they were exposed to. And nobody on earth has a perfect parent, like literally nobody. Because they didn't have perfect parents. And we're humans, like perfection doesn't really exist. It's not a thing. It's not, I don't even know why there is a built-in expectation for perfection when literally this is like the most imperfect world. Like we're living in a very imperfect world. So nothing is supposed to be perfect. And so your parents aren't going to be perfect. And your childhood isn't going to be perfect. Even if you had a childhood when you were, where you were given everything that you wanted, it's still going to be a problem because you end up becoming a person that's like sort of one-dimensional because they never had to face any adversities in order to grow. Right, so there's no such thing as perfect. Now you could choose to say, "Okay, this happened to me, and as a result, I'm going to carry this for the rest of my adult life and let it haunt me," or you can let it go. I choose to let things go. I also choose to let people go. I'll say that again. I choose to let things go, but I can also choose to let people go. If I'm in a relationship or friendship or partnership with a person and I'm seeing that the nature of the relationship that I'm having with that person seems to be one-dimensional or something that is draining or something that is not edifying to me and and wears on me, I will pull away. I'm not, I don't cut people off. I don't ghost people. I don't block them anymore. Um, I just pull away. I, I keep my distance because just like you, I grew up in this, this world, just like you, I had experiences that shaped me and some could say traumatized me. Um, but just like you, 
Um, I, I'm trying to heal from that. And so if you're he like, let's look at, you know, I don't want to use that. Sometimes. If you're, if you're ill, um, okay. From something and you're sick, right. And you start realizing that you have symptoms of something. The best way you can handle that situation is you isolate yourself for a little bit and you try to heal yourself from that sickness, right? Once you start recovering, what you don't want to do is re-expose yourself to somebody who has the same sickness that, especially if that sickness is contagious. What you don't want to do is re-expose yourself to somebody who is sick like that because you run the risk of becoming reinfected. Another thing is like, say you are an alcoholic, right? A lot of um, people who struggle with alcoholism, the first things that they do is they, they kind of, they remove alcohol from their homes, but they also start to withdraw from people who they spent time with who also used um, alcohol because you don't want to be exposed to that sort of temptation, right? So for me, and I'm speaking very candidly, excuse me if you heard that, uh, I burped. Um, speaking very candidly, but I, like all of us, grew up in a family that was intensely negative. Um, not bad, like nobody was abusive or anything like that. And it's not even an issue for them. I think it was more of a cultural thing. Um, if you're a listener and you're Nigerian, you understand what I'm talking about. Or if you're an immigrant, like just extremely, extremely critical parents and extremely hard parents. Like, like they push, 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 push. And it wasn't about what you want to do with your life. It was about what would make them proud and, you know, basically like showing off for their friends and family um, and things like that. And um, as I got older, I started to kind of distance not for my family, um, and I still very much love them, but I, I do kind of keep everybody at, at, at an arm's length. I, I love them, I take care of them, but I keep everybody at an arm's length because, A, I have a child to raise, and I know how it feels to be excessively criticized, and my child does not react very well to that excessive criticism, and so... um for a while, I was very critical of her, but that was because that was how I was raised. And I would guess that my parents were also raised very critically, which is why they're critical. So I don't blame them at all. I don't hold it against them at all. But, you know, at some point when you recognize that there's a problem, you can either perpetuate the issue and make sure and, you know, and guarantee basically that your children, your grandchildren will also kind of go through those feelings of doubt and you know, low low self-confidence, things of that nature that over-critical parents tend to impose on their children, um, or you can be the one to break the cycle. And so I chose to be the one to break the cycle. Um, but every time I get on the phone and I like listen to, you know, my family, just in general talk, it's like very negative and very critical. And I'm learning to kind of pull away. And it doesn't mean I don't love them. It doesn't mean I don't, you know, want to spend time with them doesn't mean I don't care about them at all. It just means that I'm, I'm still working on not being a critical person. I'm still working on being a positive person. I'm still working on, not even positive, actually, I'm working on being a neutral person. And what I mean by that is my regular listeners are aware is I try to avoid extremes. So I try not to allow myself to get too happy, but I also try not to allow myself to get too 
low. And if you are wondering why, um, check out the previous episodes because I talk about that um, throughout. So I don't want to keep repeating myself to regular listeners. So I try to avoid extreme. It's just maintaining a level of homeostasis. I think it's healthier um, for my sense of self and for my sense of balance. Um, So if I'm talking to anybody and I start to find myself feeling like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not liking this conversation. I do have the, I maintain the right to politely, when the time sort of is right, detach from the conversation and end, and end the conversation. And I'm saying that you should exercise that right as well. Blame it on, blame it on COVID. Just say, you know what? There's a lot that I'm, <laughs> that's like stressing me out right now, and I just, I, I just, I don't know how to handle your issues along with my issue. I don't know, like just. But all I'm saying is, give yourself permission to detach from negativity and from negative people who just want to suffer. And are looking, whether consciously or not, my argument is obviously that they're doing it unconsciously, but they're still seeking out people to suffer with them. The way you seek out people to watch a show with you, they're seeking people to watch their miserable life story with them. It's not healthy. You know... The last few episodes, I think, have been really focused heavily on mental health. But I think it is important, and I think more people should kind of be aware of that because this is unprecedented for all of us, everything that we're going through right now. Um, And I don't think any race of humanity, at least in present times or throughout history that we're aware of, within at least the last like 5,000, 10,000 years, um, has ever experience exactly what we're experiencing right now with these phones and social media and all of what's happening right now. So your brain's not used to this. You know, so you need time to adjust and you need time to adapt and you need time to heal. So that's why I guess I keep talking about it because that's what's been in the forefront of my mind. And if you find yourself on the opposite end when you where you're just complaining, you're the one who's calling people to complain, you need to sit with that. You need to stop. You need to stop, pause, and ask yourself, like, what am I getting out of this? Nothing. How are the people who I'm calling feeling when they get off the phone? Not very good. Depleted. Unhappy. Am I the kind of person where when people call me, they look at, or I'm sorry, am I the kind of person where when I call people, they look at their phone and groan? Do I want to be that person? I'm not saying if you're having a hard time, keep things to yourself. That's not what I'm saying. If you're feeling down and you legit need somebody to talk to, that's not the same thing as what I'm talking about. So I think you know what I'm talking about. If you really need a friend where you're like, oh my God, I like, I need a friend. That's different. People who just routinely and regularly call, they don't want to change anything. They don't want to do anything 
different. They don't want to take steps to improve their lives. They just want to keep their lives exactly the same way as it is, but call you to complain. If that's the kind of person that you are, I thought you would have been listening this far, but if that's the kind of person that you are, you really need to stop. Because not only does it affect the people who you're calling negatively, it also affects you. I've said this before, I think on the how to make anyone love you episode, uh, I think it was back in May. But I said, you know, when you complain, you make yourself unhappy. Nobody can complain and be happy at the same time, right? It's like you can't fall and stand at the same time, right? There are completely opposite ends of the spectrum. When you indulge in, in complaining, you are indulging in negativity. So if you are negative from complaining, you cannot be positive. And so getting in the habit of complaining is like basically priming your mind to exist in negativity. And when you complain to that person, you think it makes you feel good, but it doesn't. Complaining does not make anybody feel good. It doesn't make the person that you're telling your stuff to feel good. It doesn't make you, the complainer, feel good. And the person who you're complaining about, you're just going to be even more upset when you see them because you just spent however long telling people how much you hate everything they're doing. Helps no one. Why you do it, I don't know. What I've been doing during quarantine is two things. One, do you ever notice when you watch movies and television that the characters always let the other people get their lines out first before they respond? Human beings don't do that. The next time you're having a conversation with a person, pay attention to how often people just fucking cut each other off in the middle of sentences that shit is rude as fuck we do it all the time like everybody does this i i've been trying to pay attention when i have phone calls i think of all the people that i've talked to there's only one person that was my travel agent who actually waited for me to finish saying what i was saying before cutting me off i mean he didn't cut me off actually before saying what he had to say that's amazing and i learned i'm priming myself to do that I'm like 90% there. 10% of the time I slip and I'll talk over people, but then I'm catching myself. If you can do that, if you can let the person talk, it's going to take some training, especially to the people that you're close to because they're used to just cutting people off. If you can, when you're having a conversation, pretend like you're on a show, let the person get their lines out. Pause a second. Think about what you're going to say <laughs> before you say it. I, noted, I, I promise you and I notice personally that you will dramatically reduce conflict in your life. So first, if you're talking or when you're talking to people, don't cut them off. Let them get their lines out. It, it sucks because you know what they're going to say. Right? Or you feel like you know what they're about to say. So you want to jump in. You want to finish your sentence. But people really, really, really appreciate when you let them finish saying what they have to say. And not only that, because you calm yourself while they're getting their sentences out, you are able to impose a sense of calm over the entire situation because you are in control of yourself. And so once, when, when a person, another person is talking and you're controlling yourself enough to not cut in, 
to their conversation, that sense of control is, oddly enough, very contagious. And they kind of feel like you've kind of put off this energy of like being like self-contained and self-controlled. And then they sense it and then they become more like calm, less combative. And if you are having, and this is for like spouses who are locked down together. Um, I've been noticing a lot of people have been having issues um, during quarantine. I'm going to drink some water, hold on. Sorry, I take loud gulps. <laughs> um, uh, if you are having issues with your spouse, I have discussed this on other episodes, give each other space. Um, and listen to the episode, I think it's called make anyone make how to make anybody love you or make any, make anyone fall in love with you or whatever and practice that. But also, um, when you're conversating with people, stop cutting them off. And if they cut you off, pause and say, let me finish, please. Or can I finish, please? Or may I finish, please? Or hold on one second. Let me finish. It's a practice. You have to get into the habit of doing it and you have to remember to do it all the time. And when you say, let me finish, don't, um, excuse me, dude, (laughs) sorry. Um, I just lost all sense of decorum and manner since, since we've been locked down. Anyway, yeah, don't say shit like stop fucking cutting me off or I'm not fucking done. Like don't respond in anger. Like you still have to pause and chill and everything like that. And, but just politely say, I'm not done. And when you do that, you bring it to their attention that, you know, they're cutting you off and nobody likes being cut off. And and if you can't get that through by saying, hey, I'm not done, another way to do that is to just straight up say, hey, I know you wouldn't like it if you kept getting cut off. Um, so please let me finish my sentence so I can get it off. But that has been really helpful for me, the whole just pausing, not cutting people off, letting them talk. And I literally in my mind like say, okay. They're like getting their script out. They're saying what they have to say. And then I'm going to pause and then I'm going to say my line. And I'm not saying, like I said, that I'm not saying this is going to be easy because a lot of people like cutting motherfuckers off. <laughs> like I've learned and it's really frustrating um, at first, but it's something that you can do consciously and you can get into habit of doing. And if you can do that, I guarantee you, you'll be much more calmer and in control of yourself. Also, the other thing that I said is if somebody asks you a question, slow down, slow down your processing time, slow down your reaction time. And uh, Ekna, I can't remember his last name, um, but he wrote the, if you type in the Upanishads and Eknath, you'll see his, um, his book on it. But he said, a fast mind is a sick mind. Um, and not being able to process stuff really quickly, that's not what he meant. But it's like speaking quickly, reacting quickly, like that is a sign of like your mind being sick. And so I took that line. That's actually going to be a great, uh, post. Um, anyway, um, I took that line and I really meditated with that and in that. And so when somebody says something to me now, I literally pause and count to three and allow myself to digest what they've just said and then choose my responses. And I do this with text messages too. I used to be the kind of person where you send me a text and I'll say something back right away. 
But I realized that the more I wait to respond, the longer I wait to respond, the more appropriate my responses tend to be, the more well thought out. And I usually end up regretting um, responses that I made like that were reactionary rather than like thought out. And so I recommend that you do that. It also helps you stop reacting. That pausing and pausing and watching the person's reaction it also helps you stop reacting when somebody's being emotional. Like, like say you talk, like say you're talking to like your spouse or whatever, and you say something, and they totally misunderstand you, so they respond emotionally. Well, the temptation there, and it's not even just temptation; that's how you are programmed, is to respond right back, um, like r- literally, like right back. And when you respond right back, it's usually emotional because you haven't had a chance. You don't give yourself the time to think it through. But if you pause, you can then kind of follow up and say, like, say that you say something to your spouse and then they like retort right away. Right. Like, did you do the dishes? And then they're like, yeah, I fucking told you I already did the dishes. Like the temptation to be, what the fuck are you cussing at me? Right. Like right away. Like there's no pause. Right? You just boom, 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 boom. Um, that's how fights happen. That's what's happening to a lot of couples because one, you're in close quarters. Two, everyone's kind of on edge. Three, people are worried about the future. Four, people are worried about, you know, schools and like it's just all uncertain. It's all a combination of all the stuff and it's all in the back of our minds. So like as much as we're all trying to kind of like pull through and remain optimistic, we're all a little stressed and a little scared and that's okay to admit that, you know, but pausing before you respond and taking all those things into mind helps make it so that your responses are softer and less aggressive and less reactionary. So, so you say something to your spouse, they take it the wrong way and respond back. You can respond back after counting the three. And when you count to three, you'll, you're actually able to choose your own destiny type of <laughs> reaction. Like I'm now at the place where I can actually see three different answers to what this person just said to me instead of just opening my mouth. So let's say, let's use the example of the dishes. You say, hey, did you wash the dishes? And your spouse immediately cuts you off and says something like, stop asking me that. I told you I was going to fucking do it (laughs) when I'm done, you know, on Twitter. Pause, take a breath, look at them. In that amount of time, that the brief silence you just heard, you now can choose, okay, what are my responses here? Do I want to fight? Do I want to stay silent? Do I want to respond with kindness? Or do I just want to say, okay? Now give yourself a choice. And I'm noticing that I'm getting really good at either just responding with silence or regardless of somebody talking to me crazy my response to them has like 80% of the time has been measured and calm and just sort of like, okay. Um, or um, are you all right? And before all of this, like before 2020, that wouldn't have been me. If you talk to me crazy, like listen to my older episodes, <laughs> I've come a long way. Um, but you talk to me crazy, like I'm snapping at you. Um, but now I actually kind of make it a game for myself to see if I can, like how positively I can respond 
to somebody who just does something stupid to me. <laughs> um, and I do give myself time to choose my responses. And like I said, 80% of the time is where I'm, I'm at, which I think are pretty good, pretty good numbers there. And uh, as a result, um, our home has been a lot more peaceful. Our marriage has been a lot more um, rewarding and calming and less stressed out. And we're not arguing as much. And so I want to share that with you. Um, I'm also teaching people in my family to uh, respect my board, my boundaries in the sense of like people know now, like if you call me, if, I, if you call me, yeah, and you feel like you need to complain, okay, that's fine. Um, but like get it out of the way and then move on to something else. The only problem is now my parents are, now they both say, oh, I'm not calling you to complain and I'm not complaining about your mom or I'm not complaining about your dad. And then they complain anyway, but that's okay. Like at least they're catching themselves complaining and they're being more mindful of it, you know, which is great. Um, And eventually what's going to happen is I'm going to get them to that point where I go, okay, nothing is, this doesn't help. Right. So you're kind of training people to respect your boundaries and to respect your emotional walls, so to speak. Right. And so I'm they're learning that. And I I hope that they're also learning to apply these sort of principles and these practices to their own lives um, as well, to not allow people to just call and complain, to dump stuff on them as well. Like my mom, she's uh, she's really bad about that. Like she takes on everybody's problems. And I've got to tell her like, that shit's unhealthy because you got your own problems. And if you keep taking other people's stuff on and these are full-blown adults, you know, they never really develop the fortitude to handle their own stuff because they know that you'll be there. You know, worst case scenario, you're going to take their stuff on. You've got your own problems. So my hope is that by setting these boundaries, you know, saying, hey, if you're calling to complain and you're not trying to put forth a solution, miss me with that. You know what I mean? Like, or or you can vent, but I'm not going to sit there and listen to you complaining without any sort of um, solution. And I don't like the way it makes me feel. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm training them. Same thing with texts. If you text me, like, I'm not going to respond right away. And people are learning that now. I, I don't want to like, boom, my phone goes up and grab my phone. Like I'm a trained monkey. Like I'm not Pavlov's dog. Right. So you start setting these really clear, really crisp, nice boundaries to protect your psyche and protect yourself. And the more you reinforce it and enforce it, the more people start to consciously or unconsciously recognize it and respect it. And if they're not consciously recognizing it, then you almost have to make them conscious of it. Um, Hey, listen, don't call me incessantly. You know, like if you call and I don't answer, leave a voice message or send me a text, that kind of stuff. Like it's okay to set those kind of boundaries. It's okay. Right. I know the last episode I said I was going to put out uh, (laughs) more than once a week, but um, I'm not. I mean, I'll I'll record as I I, I definitely will do my best to put on put out at least one a week. So 
Thanks for listening. Y'all stay healthy, stay happy, stay safe. All right.